Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody online. Or as I like to call you people, ones that didn't get your snow tires on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a day. Winter has come. What is it? In like a lion. Um, hopefully the rest of that follows through, the out like a lamb thing. But uh, nevertheless, it, it does remind me of a story. Uh, I was, um, I think I was a teenager, I'm pretty sure at the time. And uh, my sister and my parents and I, we were at our family cottage, shutting it down, kind of getting it ready for winter. We didn't really shut it down in the sense that we still used it in the winter, but things that had to get done to kind of wrap up. And um, the last day of the weekend that we were there, this happened, this, the snowstorm, just like, just like your experience here today. And so it starts to snow, and it just gets heavier and heavier. And we're like, okay, we're, we're all packed up. We need to go. And it was a 30-minute ride on a gravel road before we got to the pavement, you know, which was the highway, and then on from there, a total of like two hours to get back uh, to our home in the city. And uh, so we're, we're heading out. Roads are like snow is piling up. Sure enough, we end up sliding into the ditch. My dad gets out. He walks all the way back, gets our tractor, brings it out, gets us out of the ditch, drives the tractor back, walks back to the car, you know, this whole process. So, so we end up getting home, you know, pretty late into the evening. We got school the next day and all this uh, going on. As if that wasn't enough, the temperatures had really dropped and had plummeted, and our garage pipes froze and broke and flooded the basement. So now we're pushing like water over to the drain in the basement and, you know, start that whole drying process. This is the 70s. You know, that's when you got that carpet with a little bit of foam in the back and you glued it onto the concrete. Some of you know what that's all about. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was somewhere around midnight by the time we got to bed. I only found out recently because we got talking about this story that my mom had actually put a mat over top of the drain in the laundry room, which was partly why the water had built up in the, in the basement. Now, it was like the longest day of my life. That's what it felt like. I, I wish it could have been avoided. I'm sure you've had days like that. I just wish this, this could have been avoided. I, I wish I never had to experience this. I wish there was a prayer even now that would prevent having days like that. You know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if there was like this prayer that puts you in a place where you just you didn't have one of those days? But the truth is that there are some challenges in life that you don't get to avoid and you don't get to go around, but you have to go through. Yeah. You know, the pagan king of Babylon has agreed that whoever doesn't bow to his idol uh, at his signal must be thrown into the fire. And uh, you're probably you know, familiar with the story. If not, it's in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. We're going to pick up on verse 16 of this story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, this is after they've been challenged about, hey, you, you didn't bow. 
And he's like, okay, I'm going to give you one more time. You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to do this and you need to bow. He said, we don't even need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. I just love the attitude of these men. I love the faith that comes out of them. This, you know what? God is able, but even if it doesn't happen, I'm already resolved that nothing's going to change in terms of my relationship with him. Just, just the fact that they said that God is able to deliver us from it is probably an indication, I believe, of what their prayers were in that moment. How many know the Bible doesn't have to tell you exactly everything that happened for you not to be able to know some of the things that happened? Come on. And I don't know about you, but like if I was a part of that group, I know what my prayer would be. Oh God, can we not do the fire? Right? Can we like, can we like bypass this? Can it rain right now? Like really seriously? Honduras, middle of the afternoon, rain, like serious stuff. You know, I'm sure they were praying that somehow they would not have to go through what they went through. That if they, you know, tried to throw them in the fire, that somehow it would be diverted, somehow it would be stopped, somehow it could be avoided. God, would you do a miracle that would keep me from the fire? Ever prayed a prayer like that? Where you're looking at what's going on and thinking, can we, can we somehow... Avoid what seems to be um, obvious that's going to happen. Whether we pray them or just thought them, we all have things in life that we're hopeful we will never have to go through. It's just the way it is. Just, I'm just talking life here, okay? We're hopeful that we'll never have financial devastation or, or have a, a life-threatening sickness or have a serious auto accident. We're, we're hopeful Man, I hope this will, will never happen, happens. We're hopeful that we won't be subject to some kind of storm that'll end up flooding our home. We're hopeful that there won't be a fire that will take, take out you know, what we have. But we also know our stories of other people that have gone through some of these things. As a matter of fact, I just recently lost an aunt who was moving to Edmonton from Ontario and uh, on the drive here was in a severe auto accident and died in that, in that trip, just, just trying to get here. Um, the interns, we all went together to Merritt, BC and got to see what it's like for homes to experience floodwaters coming up so high through their house and, and taking care of cleaning up that. And of course, we know about an entire community, uh, Lillooet in, in, in BC that was wiped out with fire. Of course, we never expect something like this to happen, which is why it can be so devastating because of the surprise nature of it. These, along with many other kinds of things in life, that we would, we would just like to see God keep us from ever having happened to us or to a loved one. And as I said before, I wish there was a prayer that could put our lives in some kind of bubble where we get like a hall pass from any of this. Daniel chapter 3, verse 19 goes on. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or if you forget their names, it's your shack, my shack, and a bungalow. At any rate, 
and his attitude towards them changed. He, he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to, to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and throw them into the blazing fire. He orders it to be seven times hotter as if life's problems aren't bad enough. The heat sometimes gets turned up. Come on. They're praying, God, get me out of this. And instead, it got worse. It got worse. God, help me out of this debt. And then the interest rate like doubles. Come on. God, I'm trying to deal with financial issues and gas prices. We know what happened. Groceries, more and more. You know, uh, God, I'm trying to, you know, reach out to, you know, and, and oh, by the way, being a Jesus follower doesn't exempt you from everything that everybody else has to deal with. Your, your involvement in church won't get you cheaper gas or discount groceries. <laughs> God, I'm trying to be a witness to my unbelieving neighbors, but my kids go pull their flowers out of their flower bed and make it harder. That's a real testimony, by the way. Moving right along. God... God, help me to, you know, I was thinking about our our church and buildings and everything. We're praying, Lord, help us get into the next building. And then the bank demands that we sell the current building at the same time. You got to know that. That was quite a a navigation. God, help us have a baby. And now you're dealing with complications in the pregnancy. Seven times hotter. I thought it was tough, but it just got tougher. Listen, The increase of the challenge isn't a theological statement about the faithfulness of God. And here's the other side of that. Nor is it a statement about unfaithfulness in you either. You might be praying to avoid problems that God is going to get you through. And just because the problem got worse doesn't mean God got absent, unfaithful, or is ignoring you. Think about the scriptures in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse one. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine when you pass through the waters. Notice it doesn't say if you pass through the waters. He says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, not if you pass through, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your savior. He's your savior. Yes, he is. But I don't know about you, but I I want a savior who will save me from the water and uh, save me from the fire, but his promise is to save you through what's happening, not from what's happening. And, and though we would like to see our situation altered and we just would not have to go through it, the reality is we do uh, many times have to go through things and God's salvation shows up in getting us to the other side. It's a better plan, actually. I'm gonna tell you why. It's a better plan because there are some challenging things in life that are simply not unavoidable. And so when they happen to you, 
You need a Savior who saves you through what you could not be saved from. I want, I'm going to say it again. I don't think you got it. When they happen, you need a Savior who saves you through what you could not be saved from. If you put all your hope in God saving you from, how will it play out in your life when that doesn't happen? It sets you up to be discouraged in your faith because of your presumption that somehow you should not have to face what you're facing. But your trust needs to be that God will get you through. He'll get you through. You might be facing work-related problems or financial challenges or health challenges or issues in your family life or, you know, relational strife, recovery from sickness, whatever it is. He's the God who gets you through. Just so many ways that life can take us into turmoil and you need to have a faith that says, you know what, God can get me through this. Can you turn to someone beside you and tell them, God can get you through this. God can get you through this. Our faith isn't just one that says, well, God, I, I sh- this shouldn't happen to me. I'm following Jesus. You should somehow find a way around this, God. No, no, God says, I'm going to get you through. Often, our thoughts and our prayers are about saving us from the water and from the fire. Yet here, the scriptures are telling us that he's, his saving grace is that you go through the water and the water doesn't go over your head. That you go through the fire, but you're not burned. God will get you through. God got Moses through the Red Sea. He got Moses through the wilderness. Joshua through the River Jordan and then through the walls of Jericho as they came down. Paul had to go through persecution from the Jews to get to preach to the Gentiles. Elijah had to go through resistance of Jezebel. Even after a powerful display of the miraculous, David had to go through battles with Saul before he became the king that God had intended for him to become, his destiny. John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. In other words, that's just another way of God saying, yeah, you're going to have trouble, but take heart, we're going to go through this. You're going to make it. You're going to get out the other side. John 17, 15, I do not ask you, this is Jesus's prayer, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. In other words, Jesus saying, no, no, we're, we're not just going to like escape these troubles that you're going to go through. You know, it's not going to be like Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty, you know, kind of thing. And you escape. No, no. He says, we're going to go through them, through them. Of course, we would rather avoid what could be avoided, but there isn't an escape solution for every problem. However, there is a God who will see you through it. Look at the 23rd Psalm. 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, We like that part, don't we? It's like, come on, more green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. Mm, Give me some quiet water. He refreshes my soul. So far, so good. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. I've even got God's guidance. I'm going on the right path. I'm making good decisions. Now look at this. Even though I walk through the 
darkest valley. Hold it, I thought you were guiding me on the right path. What happened to the right path? Well, I just went through a darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's an odd place to eat. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, I thought he was going to lead us by still waters, you know, and green pastures and all the rest. And then we end up in this darkest valley, valley of the shadow of death, as one translation says. How about, how about eating with the enemy? Listen, the psalm is acknowledging God's goodness in life, yet at the same time isn't denying that there are valleys and there are enemies that we face in life. Come on. That there are troubles that we deal with. There are problems that we go through. There are, there's stuff that happens. Wish it wouldn't, but this is reality. Faith does not avoid the reality of life that we live through. Faith gets us through these things. Real faith is about trusting God in a real world. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that you tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors, royal advisors crowned, crowded rather around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head uh, singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. A fourth man in the fire. Fire makes no impact. Not even the smell of smoke. Okay, three thoughts towards this. First of all, faith isn't contingent on what God will do, but on who God is. Faith is not contingent or should never be made contingent on what God will do, but on who God is. There, there's a resolve about these men that comes out at the time of trial where, where God is still God. Regardless of what I might go through in life, he, he's still God. My faith is founded on who he is and what he's already done in both creation as well as recreation, the born-again experience. He is the creator of life itself. He's the creator of the world. Creation itself testifies of a magnificent creator. Jesus is the Savior. He lived, he died, he rose again. If you've trusted him with your life, he's already forgiven you, regenerated you. You've now been justified, made one spirit with the Lord. He's already accepted you. You're in God's family. He's already sealed you with the Holy Spirit. You know his presence. God doesn't get qualified by what he will do for us, nor does he get qualified by what he might not have done in the past or future, God is qualified because God is God. God is still God regardless of how the world turns. God is God in, 19, in 2019. Come on. He's God in 2020. 
2021 and 2022 and onward. There's not like, oh, this one part where God kind of stepped out. No, no, he's still here. He just planned to take you through something that you thought you should get around and avoid. Our trust in him is settled before we pray for our situation. Our prayer isn't a test. Our prayer isn't setting up some kind of sign for us. Our prayer comes out of having already settled it in our heart that God is God and I can trust him. Second thought. He is present in what I'm going through. Said there was a fourth man in the fire. And he looks like the son, the son of God's. Well, close. <laughs> son of God. Trials have a way of making you feel isolated. When you're going through tough times, it, it, it has a way of making you feel alone. E- even though there were three of these guys all together in the fire, you know, for each of them, they weren't able to look to the other and find their deliverance or security or anything else. There's this, this sense of aloneness that happens when we're in a trial. But I think of David's experience in Psalms 46.1 where he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Our tendency is to identify with the presence of God in so many things outside of trouble, like worship, like what we did tonight. We identify, ah, the presence of God. We can identify with it in joy or in peace or when there's a victory, you know, we've been praying for something and it's happened or when there's blessings or even in fellowship or good times. With troubles, though, we find ourselves often being worried, being anxious, being afraid, being stressed out, and those feelings play against the reality of his presence being with you in your trial. Prayer in times of a trial promises to restore our peace. It's in turning to to the God who is with you, the fourth man in your fire, if you will, that you can drop the negative emotions and restore your expectations in him. That's what prayer does. He's with you no matter what it is that you're going through. It's not, listen, it's not like, well, I need to feel like God is with me. No, no, the, the promise says he's with you. Feelings are, are not your faith. Your faith is in his word. Your faith is in his promises. Your faith is in his character. Your faith is in his faithfulness. Your feelings are not the indicator of God's presence. Here's the last one. Choose to celebrate on the other side. It says they were bound up, but now they got freed even while they're still in the fire. Your situation doesn't have to be completely resolved before you can put a smile on. Come on. Uh, we we got to do this. This is so important. I mean, your situation may not be fully resolved, but that doesn't prevent you from still recovering your joy, from living in peace, from stop fretting, Stop complaining. Stop whining about it. Have confidence. Listen, you can walk free while you're still in your fire. Their clothes, the Bible says, didn't burn. 
Their skin didn't burn. Not even, not even the hair in their head was, was singed. None of that. The fire had no negative impact on them. Not even the smell of smoke. It was like there was nothing about them that would indicate what they went through. I just believe that's such a, a position of faith and character that we've got to have in our lives as well. That as we go through things and God helps us get through, when we come out the other side, that there isn't anything about us that indicates what we just went through. That, that, that though God has delivered us, we're not going around complaining about what we had to go through. Come on. Well, we're not going around talking about, well, how terrible it was, how awful it was, wish it had never happened, who can I blame? All the rest of it is like, no smoke, no smoke, no, no, no impact whatsoever. I'm through it, I'm free, I'm happy, that's all that matters. What you go through doesn't have to scar you. The only thing that stayed with these men was a story of God's miraculous deliverance. That is the only thing that stayed with them. God not only wants to bring you through, he wants you to live in freedom on the other side. And sometimes people go through things, but on the other side, they're scarred. On the other side, they're now fearful. They're now bitter. They're now in self-pity about what they went through or they're complaining. Just so much baggage that they can carry. Listen, when God brings you through things in life, make sure you keep what you should keep and let go of what you need to let go of. The experience of God's deliverance should build your faith, but you can miss it. You can miss it. The disciples saw Jesus multiply fish and loaves and then wondered how he would feed the next crowd that they ran into. Israel saw the Lord deliver them from enemies, provide food and water while going through a wilderness, yet still complain the next time they faced a need or an enemy. Instead of celebrating the victory and recognizing the hand of God that was on their life, it's like all they wanted to do is complain about the fire and the smoke. Instead of celebrating what he led them through, instead they just remained in self-pity over the fact that they had to go through it in the first place. But in the, the three in this story, they only kept the testimony of God's faithfulness, not the smoke from their trial. Be sure that you keep what you're supposed to keep and let go of what you're supposed to let go of. But know this, God and his miracle will see you through. Don't doubt that he's not with you. Don't doubt that there isn't a miracle. You did, oh, I didn't get the miracle that avoided the problem. That's okay. You're gonna get the miracle to get you through the problem. Let's stand as we, we take a moment. I wanna I'll pray for us all on, on this. And, and, and then we're gonna have prayer partners come up in just a minute and an opportunity for maybe some specific things that you would like uh, to connect with somebody in prayer, but let, let's just bow our heads for this moment. Just, just before we pray, I just want to ask, how many here would say, like, like right now, I'm going through something? Just give me a wave. Right now, I'm going through something. I'm dealing with something in my life. It's a lot of us. It's a lot of us. 
I guess you needed to hear this message because you needed to know that God's with you in what you're going through. You, You needed to know that it's not like you failed God that you're in that situation. You need to know that that God hasn't given up on you just because you're in something that you're going through right now. And you also need to know going through it means you're going to get through it. You're not in it to stay. You're in it to go through. That's his intention. That's what the Spirit of God wants to do. He wants to just, I believe, just lift your faith that you're not in it to live there. You're not in it to camp there. You're not in it for life. You're not in it for like, well, this is just the way it is with me. No, no. You're in it, but you're in it with God, working with you to get you through to the other side. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Father, we're so thankful for your presence. I'm so thankful, Holy Spirit, that when we face challenges in life, Lord, that you're there. We just declare that right now, Lord, over everyone who's, who responded, everyone who lift their hand. Father, we just declare you're there. You're, you're the fourth man in the fire. You're, you're present in their problem. Lord, you're, you're, your hand is on their life. You're the same God who guides them by still waters and green pastures. Lord, they may be in a dark valley, but God, you're still with them. You haven't abandoned them. They're not off track. You're there. You're there. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the faith being stirred and imparted in people's hearts, Lord, that we're going through this, that this isn't going to overwhelm us. Or this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna be an ending. This isn't gonna be devastation. This isn't gonna be death. This isn't going to be something that will take us out. Lord, I thank you, Father, even as your word says, though you though you're in those waters, they're not going over your head. Though you're walking through that fire, you're not being burned by it. Lord, I, I thank you in Jesus' name that, Lord, in these situations, God, you're with us to go through in Jesus' name. I thank you, Spirit of God, for working in each and every one of these situations a miracle. Lord, we're agreeing for a miracle. Some of these situations need your hand to come in and turn things around. There are things that they cannot do to change this. They cannot do even to go through this. Lord, to make that happen, it needs a miracle. Holy Spirit, I thank you for providing it. We just agree. Listen, if that's you, if if tonight you're like, my situation needs a miracle. Can you just, as Joel just talked about worship, you just raise your hand and say, Lord, thank you for the miracle. Just raise your hand say, Lord, thank you for the miracle. Thank you for the miracle. Father, we're receiving it right now in Jesus' name by faith. We thank you, God, for a miracle in our circumstance, a miracle in our situation. Lord, we're, we're out of an act of humility. Lord, letting you know, God, we realize we need you. This isn't going to be about us. This is going to be about you. You're our fourth man in the fire. Now, Jesus, I thank you for miracles tonight. I thank you for future testimony of what you did 
to get these people through what they're facing right now in life. And Lord, I thank you as they come through. Lord, may they be like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Lord, may there not be singeing and burning. May there not be scarring. May there, may there not even be the smell of smoke. Lord, may they come out the other side in a spirit of celebration that their God is faithful, that we serve a God who's a deliverer, that our, our God is a redeemer, that our God is the one who leads us through these things. He doesn't leave us in these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I, I, want to, um, I want to invite prayer partners to come on up. And, and in case you've never you know, been out to one of our first Wednesdays, uh, we just have some folks that uh, would love to pray with you, you know, together one-on-one. And, and they're going to spread out here across the, uh, across the front. And then we have some folks that will be in the aisles. And then you just go to them and they'll, they'll direct you, hey, you can go to this person, go to that person, whatever, and, and be able to uh, go share any specific need and, and pray. And so what we're going to do right now is lift our voices and worship and uh, just enjoy God's presence. But you go ahead as soon as we start singing, feel free to move out, go forward, connect with a prayer partner. 